Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Here's a brief but annoying message to let you know that you could have first heard this episode nine months ago if you were a subscriber to our Iron Filing Society Patreon offering. For the price of a pint and a St. Clements each month, you can get up to four episodes a week, nine months before the rest of the world gets them. Early access to regular episodes, lots of other marvellous benefits, and there's absolutely no adverts or brief but annoying messages like this that will get right on your ticks. Find out more and subscribe now at tftimemachine.com slash ironfilings. Here we go. 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 This is it. This is Top Flight Time Machine. I'm Andy Dawson. Pow, pow, pow. I'm Sam Nifty Delaney. Say what? Welcome along to the Melchester Odyssey once again. Um, episode 75. That feels like a yeah. little bit of a, a milestone, doesn't it? Landmark, yeah. 70, 75. We're about 10% of the way through the whole thing. If you want to um, send us a certificate to commemorate it or a medal, then mm, that's fine. That'd be lovely, yeah. Oh, don't bother, please, because some no. come well, and we're not arrested. Um, <laughs> we were just joking. Unless it's like solid silver. Yeah, solid silver minimum. Solid mm. silver, solid gold, sol- gold-plated. Platinum. Yeah. I'd take something gold-plated. White ivory. Whoa, uh, oh, definitely. Is that allowed? I don't know if it's politically <laughs> correct. Can, um, don't send us bush meat. Because so, <laughs> a lot of people have done that, and there's a number of reasons we, we don't want any more. No, Bobby, you're I a mean, vegetarian. I'm ve- for one, I'm vegetarian, <laughs> think, so yeah. any kind of meat is useless to me, really. But the bush meat has caused us problems. Like We appreciate the gesture... Yeah. But, you know, just maybe um, subscribe to a higher level on the IFS, something like that, Do rather that, than send yeah. us meat yeah. in the post from Africa. It's just like, there's, what are we supposed to do with that, mate? Should we add another level that's like eight quid a month and we'll just call it bush meat? Bush don't get any meat extra. level. <laughs> that's just if you really, really like us and want to it's, give us extra it, money it, it for no extra content. Yeah. <laughs> for our South African listeners. Hi, bro. I'm a big, I'm a big fan. I'm South African. I'm Johannesburg OFS. I have sent you several packages of bush meat that I have personally slayed over the last eighteen months, and I have not had a single response or shout out on the podcast. It's very frustrating. Can you just confirm that you received the bush meat? <laughs> yes, we have. Let me mention it. We've had it, but we, you know, and it is nice, and we apologise not getting back to you, but the problem is we didn't want to make a thing out of it because we thought it would encourage other people to send us bush meat. And we could do without the trouble because we've had animal rights people here. Mm. We've had a bit of flack on Twitter about it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and any, any bush meat you sell us, we're just going to bin it. So don't bother. Don't yeah, waste so it's time. a fucking waste. All right, fuck you then. I'll send me bush meat elsewhere. I'll send, I'll send me bush meat. Buxton. I'll send me bush meat to those the pair who do um, you know what's it called? Shag married annoyed. 
Which is, I'll send you, send him the fucking meat. They can give it to their baby. You can't give bush meat to a baby, mate. You can't in fucking South Africa, my friend. It's what they're raised on. <coughs> you can't if you make it into bolognese. <laughs> they, don't, they don't know what the fuck it is anyway. Put a bit of uh, tin tomatoes. You can hide anything in there for the baby. <laughs> it's the way they get their five a day too. <laughs> five bush meat with their... <laughs> That's hogwart, springbok, rabbit, lion, and a little bit of giraffe. Oh, fucking hell. Fancy a bit of springbok now. Oh, would you um take bush meat? We don't accept bush meat, but theoretically, if you lived in South Africa where bush meat's legal, would you um mince it and put it in a bush meat sausage roll? <laughs> um, <laughs> sometimes I think it's more offensive to not partake in the culture. Yeah, so, like in Indiana Jones and Temple of Doom, yeah, yeah. where yeah. she won't eat the the eyeballs, and you're like, yeah. it's offensive to them if you don't get stuck in. I mean, me kids at the, at their at their mum's house, they've got guinea pigs. But if I was in Peru and guinea pig was on the menu, I'd probably have some. Philip Schofield ate it once. He talked about that, didn't he? That he'd eaten guinea pig. Oh yeah, if you go to Peru, they're all at it, aren't they? It was they? an outrage. You're eating them. To them, it's like it's like their to them, it's like their saveloy. Just like everyone has it. Yeah. It's normal to them. It's as normal to them as eating a savaloy is to us. And it might be nice, you know. Why, why would you eat a pig? Pigs are intelligent creatures. Why do we eat pig? Yeah, or exactly. Why, why do we can... eat a pig but not a horse? Don't know. Uh, well, the French eat horses well, non-stop, exactly. don't they? Yeah, there's just the channel dividing us, so why not? Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Anyway. You're right, mate. It's, sometimes it's just, you know, there, rude there, not to there, join in. There was a restaurant um, in London that I went to once called... Bush meat? Called Archipelago. Uh, I always call it Archipelago because I went there with my American friend, Greg. And he right. said, hey, you want to check out that place, Archipelago? And I was really <laughs> drunk. Me and my wife were with me and pissed out. Like, like, She's been a vegetarian since she was 12. So fuck knows how we dragged her. Along. He goes, it's great. It serves things like crocodile. We went there and we fucking ate. We, ate, we got the mixed grill. Right. And I, I was pissed out of my head. So I can't quite remember everything I ate, but I definitely ate some crocodile. Nice. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't remember it being nice. I regret the whole incident. Oh, oh I see. But that, that, that same man, Greg Greg Gutfeld, is now a oh, yeah. uh, fo- a Fox News shock jock yes. who is constantly being given positive shout outs on Twitter by Donald Trump. Yeah, he just he just he was just a mate. He never revealed to me that he was um, had Trumpian tendencies. I think he's pivoted, hasn't he, for career purposes. Possibly. I think he was always like a Republican because right. I remember the day after George W. Bush got elected for the second time, I came in as like, times. I can't believe it that your countrymen would have elected such an awful man. And I remember him looking at me a bit funnily and I sort of thought, oh, maybe he likes George W. Bush, <laughs> you know, which he probably did. And I was just like some Brit lecturing Americans on who they should and shouldn't vote for, which yeah. admittedly is annoying but not in the case of Trump, then I think it's fair game. Yeah. I used to like Flaming Lips. So oh, I went yeah. to a gig they did, which was about 60% music and 40% lecture about the evils of George W. Bush. 
Oh, yeah. And then they released some massive inflatable balls across the crowd at the end, which was a fucking annoying as well. Yeah, they're a bit playful. Don't they always, like, dress up as animals and things like yeah, that? Yeah, they get, they get crowd members to dress up as animals and dance about on stage with them. Yeah, I'm not... I don't know how I feel about pl- excessive playfulness no, in a band. Off. It's forced jollity, it, isn't it? it? Yeah, it reminds me a bit of, like, when Peter Gabriel in the 70s kept dressing up as a flower. No, I like that. That was good. Oh. And he'd wear, he'd wear a dress and a fox's head. Yeah. And sometimes he'd just wear a fucking massive, like, mutant octopus sort of thing as well. I like that. If you read Didn't Phil like Collins's but Phil Collins, because they were all, Genesis were all posh apart from Phil Collins, yeah. who's yeah. quite common. Uh, yeah. And he said, but so he was the last joint man. They'd all been friends at public school and they sort of took him in like an, a snot nosed orphan because yeah. it, that fellow, that, that little ape is able to yeah. bang the drums, right? And he came in and it, he is really funny in it because he's just a bit like sort of bewildered. He's not rude about him. He's like, yeah. And then, and then, I mean, I thought things were going a bit weird because Peter just kept like dressing up as a flower or a fox <laughs> and that. I, I was like a bit weird, like the other lads didn't bat an eyelid, but I remember thinking to myself, I kept it to myself, like, I thought this is a bit fucking strange for me. <laughs> I don't understand it. In the end, he fucked up and they let me do the singing, so it was all right. I just wore my normal clothes. <laughs> I've got a pay rise, so you can't play, can you? Yeah, but uh, that putting on a foxy's head, like the geezer from Foxy Bingo. You, yeah, my like mum, my mum really fancies Foxy Bingo Fox. She goes on about it. I was oh, like, oh yeah. he's so sexy, isn't he? And her mum, he's just, a fucking fox. Yeah, but it's like the caramel bunny for fellas, isn't it? Because he's sort of got a bit of swagger. Sexy. He's got a sort of, yeah, no, but the caramel bunny had big tits, didn't she? Yeah, and it was Miriam Margulies that done the voice as well. Yeah. Who's <clears throat> not yeah, that sexy, right, but kind of is as well. Yeah, so unsexy, it's sexy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. If she wanted to fuck you, she'd just fucking do it. Yeah. And be nothing you could Sometimes. Do. Get on with it. I saw a program the other day where where someone said, Sometimes the things that disgust us the most are the exact things that arouse us the most. And I'm thinking, oh, speak for yourself, mate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Bernard Manning. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> He's horrible, but we fuck me, sexy. Some- Something we haven't touched upon in this uh, series of podcasts recently is Phil Collins's ongoing problems with his wife. Have you seen the latest? No. This is his wife. I think she's called Oriel, and he was married to her, and then they split up in about 2016, and then they got back together a year or so ago. And right. now she's barricaded herself into um, their house in Miami with another man who she's just married. Oh, fuck So I think sake. when they got back together, him, her and Phil didn't remarry. They just got yeah. back together. Well, they're back together, but under certain terms and conditions. Number one, mm. do not marry any other cunt while we are together. You'd think that would be one of the basics, yeah, but yeah. She, yeah, she's married some other cunt, and then they're barricaded inside the Miami house, um, and there's armed guards outside, and Phil can't get in. So it's an ongoing scenario, and it's not good. I don't think Phil should have got back with her. No. Well, you know, I think he's had a lot of personal struggles. Yeah. I mean, he's had a lot of broken relationships, which he, in his book he's very frank about. And he's one of these guys who beats himself up loads. There's no kind of... What I like about that book is that he's not kind of... Huh, needless to say, I had the last laugh. Yeah. He, yeah. Which most celebrity books like. He's more sort of... 
needless to say, I was the cunt in this situation. Yeah. And I really regret it because I fucked it up. Because yeah. he was a workaholic and then he became an alcoholic. And I, I thought that he'd overcome those the, the demon of drink, but I don't know what, what his situation is at the moment. Yeah, well, I think she's threatening to kind of reveal information about him as well, which is horrible. So there's a bit of blackmail this is going a jo- on. This is a Johnny Depp type situation. Well, as we're recording this this morning, Johnny Depp's lost his libel case against the Sun. Don't know if you've seen that or not. Really? Yeah. What did they say about him? He, they said he was a wife beater. Oh, okay. You know that libel case that was going on and on for weeks yeah. and weeks and weeks. He's lost it. Yeah. So there right. you go. He's a wife beater. Um. Anyway, we're supposed to be doing Roy the Rovers. Yeah. So anyway, let's get. It's a really great opening to this week's Roy the Rovers. So we ought to talk it? about it. Yeah. Mm. Uh, well, we'll just begin with the bit at the beginning that tells us what's happening in the story. It says, Melchester mm. Rovers had celebrated, in inverted commas, Roy's <laughs> recovery from a gunshot wound by losing their unbeaten league record. But with Rovers almost certain to gain promotion from the second division, nobody really cared. <laughs> <laughs> That's nice. Uh, now Roy was preparing for another long-awaited event, and we see Roy, it's a, a full width of the page frame, Roy's lying on his back on um, on a, a weight machine, uh, pushing it up and down. There's a punch bag in the background, which it's it looks as if it's part of the machine, but it isn't. But uh, and then we've got two, um, I think they're medical men who are overseeing. They're this. sort You've of got- observing. It reminds <clears throat> me of in Rocky Four when mm. Dolph Lundgren is doing his training scenes, and there's always like a bunch of quite officious. Kind of looking with people in, with clipboards observing yeah. him. Uh, Timings. Which, as I understand it, wasn't really the situation with fitness and conditioning in 1980s top flight football. I think it was just like the manager would tell you to do a few laps of the pitch, have a game of five aside, then go down the pub. Yeah. But um, in this case, it seems to be one of them's white haired. He's almost like some sort of. I know that in the 1960s, Royd Rose, that I'm reading with Len at the moment, they at one point get a new management team. Galloway gets shifted out temporarily mm. and they get this new unscrupulous management team. And the manager is one thing, but his assistant is the one really pulling the strings. And he is a German scientist. Wow. Professor that's that's fucking forward thinking for the 60s isn't it yeah yeah it's, it's really like Arsene Wenger it's so like it which happened in the 90s right yeah where he goes I have a strict new medical plan involving new and you can imagine how they write it they do literally write involving <laughs> ah hair race you will enjoy I hope the new dietary plan I am putting you and the other gentleman on yeah and he's like no I don't actually we like chips on a Wednesday like that, and, he, and they do mad fucking, like, sports science shit on them. At one point, they get them all on a helicopter, fly them up to the Scottish Highlands, and then just fucking drop them there in the middle of nowhere in their train kit and fuck off in, and leave them there for 24 hours in sub-zero temperatures. Brilliant. And they all nearly, and they all nearly die. That and they're fucking, 60s. they're fuming, and then the scientist comes back a day later and goes, ah, Gordon Tag, Melchester players. How are you this morning? And they're literally always like... Fucking fuck off. Come that's here. how we are, cunt. <laughs> that we're not fucking funny. And that's what this cunt looks like. Yeah, yes, Mr. Race, you only have Funt Minuton on the multi gym. Getting back to that though, I wonder if Arsene Wenger in the 60s as a young boy read that comic and thought, ah, this could be the future for yeah, me. Yeah, it's really, it's as really uncanny. It's like early 60s and they do yeah. this thing. But. The people are not portrayed, ultimately they're portrayed as cruel and incompetent. 
Yeah, because um, they're Germans. And yeah. 15 years up to the end of the war. Yeah, it's really close <laughs> to the war. Yeah. <clears throat> so, yeah, he's on there. He, he's been observed. The other fella, who's not the white-haired German fella, he's got his arms folded. James, which, he's more of a James Bond he, sort of handsome yeah. fella, yeah. He's, he's got his arms folded, which does suggest full observation is happening. Mm, yes. He's concentrating because he's got his arms folded. Uh, and, yeah, the German fella says, only five more minutes on the multi-gem, Roy. And then his pal goes, and we'll check a few things before we go on to the next stage. <laughs> a little bit of poor Sean Connery death tribute. Oh, I wonder, I wonder what he's gonna. I wonder what he's gonna check when we all check a few things. We'll measure your vital statistics. <laughs> we'll take a pint of your blood out of your arm and have a little fiddle around with that, and then we will require you to wank yourself off into this cup. <laughs> Fucking hell, Nelson! What are you doing, you Nelson's dickhead? Here. Why are you doing that, mate? Oh, he's like literally turned out like, what's all this then? Yeah. What the fuck's going on here? (laughs) Oh, I know what he wants. Hang on, he wants letting out of the room. He probably is dying for a piss. Oh, okay. We'll just take a few brief seconds of uh, a pause there as Nelson is removed from the room. There he goes. Just see in the corner of the video screen. And he's gone. Has he gone? That's what it was. That was actually quite clever of him. I didn't even know he was in there with you. He'd been in the room sleeping and I've got the room, the door shut and he just suddenly like, he'd obviously been standing, what he does is he just stands and stares at the door. Yeah. And obviously he'd he'd probably been doing that for about an hour. Beyond that stage now, yeah. And he's like, fuck this. So he just literally leapt in front of me onto the fucking (laughs) podcasting rig. Hello, cunt. Can you fucking hear me now? I need a fucking piss. So was he there when we were recording the twits earlier on and you were talking about him? Yeah, was yeah, he, he was sleeping. Time? Yeah, yeah. He, he, but he was sleeping, so I don't think he heard me. Okay, that's just as well. Um, yeah, we're going to get you to wank yourself off, yeah. Wank yourself off we'll, into a we'll cop. Check, we'll check that. Uh, we'll probably eat it up in a pan. These are just uh, basic basic things. You don't really need to understand the details. These are just like normal. I mean, it's like an MOT. You have been in a coma for a while, so we have to see if your spunk production is still working. working it, your spunk it's probably, working. you know, from all that time with the coma, it'll have been, like, backed up. Yeah. So, uh, your, so your, it's your quite, first quite post-coma good. wank is very important. Clear the pipes. Yeah. Got to clear it out, get the fresh stuff. It's right at the back now. Um, same with your blood. Your blood might be backed up because your heart, which is what produces the blood, is probably... And the spunk. Uh, and the spunk, and it's been pumping it all out. The aorta... That pumps out the blood and the vena cava that pumps out the spunk. And one tube goes up to your brain, right? <laughs> and the other one goes down to your ball bag. Now, what it is, it's been sick. There's a small percentage of your blood is what we call sexy blood. And when that goes down through the ball bag, it stays there and it turns into spunk. That's how it works. It's your, it's your, you get your red blood cells and your white blood cells. You know that, don't you, Roy? Yeah. Now, the white blood cells, you've probably often wondered, what are they for? Because blood's red. That's right. But what's spunk? White. At least it was the last time I looked. Right. (laughs) Now, that is what is made of white blood cells. Spunk. Right. Now, unless your spunk and your blood are at optimum levels, as assessed by our German sports scientists, you will not be able to play in Saturday's game. So, you just lie there. You're already on the, you know, on the multi-gym. And you just crack one off now. We'll just watch. But we'll not say anything. 
We'll be very quiet. We won't make a noise. You might hear us breathing, but that'll be it. <laughs> I'll stand there, all be arms folded. It'll be fine. Jalapeño. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Jalapeño. So Roy knocks one out. And then later, as Roy took part in a practice match, um, and he, he takes a shot. It looks like it's from about four yards out. <laughs> but it goes wide of the goal. And uh, the German says, there's the rocket. A bit off target, but in perfect working order. <laughs> so, I mean, the rocket is not in perfect working order if it doesn't go in the back of the net, is it? And then his, his pal says, uh, but this could be crucial. If Roy's memory of the murder attempt <laughs> that wasn't the murder was it if Roy's memory of the murder attempt makes him reluctant to attempt a header <laughs> I tell you what lads I'm a bit fucking reluctant to attempt a header here keep it on the grass eh I'm not ready for yeah, headers yet getting yeah yeah look when you've been shot in the head you come back and fucking talk to me then until then fuck <laughs> off it still stings I think there's still a bit of bullet still in there because it still hurts when I hit it <laughs> And the German says, he'll have to surrender the ball to the opposing side. He must surrender. <laughs> Sorry, uh, I mean surrender the ball. I thought I was back in uh, No, it do- doesn't matter. I had Ina Flaschenbachen. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was uh, in Poland again. It's the, it's the post-traumatic stress disorder, Vine. <laughs> We're all in pain. All of us. We all did wrong. Who can honestly say that they came out of it? <laughs> Feeling good about th- themselves. None of us. We all got Many caught times. up in the whirlwind. I mean, look at it. We elected Hitler in 1933. Everything seemed fine. But these things, these things don't happen overnight. They're incremental. <laughs> we are all culpable. Even you. Even the English did terrible things. You won the war, but you committed many, very many crimes. History is written by the victors, I think. <laughs> now, Roy, try a header. <laughs> and he does. And he heads it um, with a big smile on his face. And he says, let's go, you Reds. And the other observer says that he didn't spare himself. Like the Roy of old, that was completely and utterly instinctive. 
Um, it says, and then it explains the two men yeah, who were paying yeah. such close attention to Roy were doctors. As if Hello, we're doctors. Out. Are you fucking sure? Have you got any identification? Because I've noticed you're hanging about watching me a lot. <laughs> oh, it's okay. We're doctors. Well, uh, I'd like to see some ID. Doctors don't carry ID. It's not. No one asks a doctor for ID. We are above the law. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, I'll take your word for it. But <laughs> I'm still not too sure about this having to wank off in front of you, especially if you've got no any official papers or anything like that. <laughs> I mean, did it. As far, look, look, you look like nice lads, but you've got to see it from my perspective. You've rocked up here at the trading ground on my first day back. And you are demanding to watch me masturbate. Now, that is... I mean, I'm not saying no outright, but you've got to appreciate my point of view here. You're just a couple of blokes who've turned up wearing suits and they're like, wank yourself off and give us some of your blood. It don't quite... I don't know, it don't sit right with me. I'm a very well-known man and this is the kind of thing that I get asked to do by, let's say, people who are acting in bad faith. So, forgive me if I'm slightly suspicious about your intentions, you could, gentlemen. You could be like, you know, them stitch-ups that the news of the screws do with the fake shake yeah. and all of that. I'm I've, had, I've had him round here before. Not, but, you know, I, didn't, I didn't fall for him. They sent him round and he was all like, come on, Mr. Race, you'll, do, you'll rob your business now for me. Is there a million pounds in it for you? And I thought, I fucking know what your game is. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't buy the accent. I didn't buy the robes. And I could have sworn there was a hidden camera in his fucking lunchbox. <laughs> so, uh, where are we? Yeah, they're doctors. In case you're not sure, we're doctors. And Roy says, what's next, gentlemen? He's bought into what they're saying. He's, he's up for it. Uh, just yeah, one or two fine. final... Just one or two final tests, such as your blood pressure, blood pressure Roy. Uh, and I'd like to have a look at the bullet wound scar tissue. Yeah, I bet you German. fucking would, you weirdo. I would like to stick my <laughs> finger in it. Is it, is the wound, tell me, Harris, is the wound, is it still wet? <laughs> Sometimes, if you uh, remove the dressing, it takes <laughs> a very long time <laughs> for the blood <laughs> to congeal, yeah? I like a wet wound. Uh, I don't really know, to be honest, mate. I haven't had a feel of it. Ah, not to worry. I will put my minor finger inside of the wound. Are you familiar with the J.G. Ballard novel Crash? (laughs) It's most interesting, I think. What is a wound other than just another sexual orifice? (laughs) And what? What'd you say? Um... Oh, whatever, mate. You're the doctor, yeah. I suppose. Yeah, you but... stick, your, stick your finger in it for a minute, but that's all. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, they're back in the, in the medical room at Melchester's training ground. And Roy says, come on, for Pete's sake, put me out of my misery. Uh, they're, they're doing a bit of a blood pressure check. There's the clipboard there that we spoke about earlier. Um, and the German says, well, I won't say that this is one of the most remarkable recoveries in medical history, dot, dot, dot. Next frame. But there is absolutely no reason why you shouldn't play against Hunterford on Saturday. And I shouted that because it was in bold text. <laughs> it's in really bold text. It's the boldest text yeah. that we've ever seen. It's yeah, the shoutiest yeah, it's caption in the whole of this book. And Roy is wearing a face that can only be described as sort of sexual climax face. 
well said. And they've done the letters all wonky as well, which really yeah. does suggest that he's, he's just ejaculated. They've maybe taken that from the wanking scene that they were asked to remove by the publishers, and they've just yeah. zoomed just, in on I've that. Done, I've done a picture now of him shooting his load. Oh, I'll uh, just use it in a different context. Crop out so you can only see his face, not his cock, and put it in a different context. <laughs> so there he is. Roy's back in business um, over the page. Uh, not surprisingly, the news was devoured by the media. That's quite a big word for a, a young mm. person's comic, isn't it? Devoured. And who the fuck is this on the news? What's going on with his hair? A very Weird tight guy. perm this newsreader's gotten, and very hunched shoulders as well uh, in his green suit. And he says, Roy's return to active duty couldn't have been more timely. Obviously worried about his father, Kenny Logan is playing well below his normal form. <laughs> okay, now, I thought Kenny Logan had been doing well. He was a bit of uh, To be honest, game, I'd, yeah, I'd get sick of it as well. If I go, mate, you haven't been playing that well. And he went, oh, I'm sorry. It's just that I keep worrying about my father, the estate agent, who wants me to go into the estate agent business. Go, mate, you are a top flight footballer, right? You yeah, are being paid that. huge sums of money. <laughs> it's not that. As it says in the next frame, as Roy's watching the telly, his space age telly, Kenny's father is, of course, just one of oh, the yeah. people being questioned by the police about the recent attempt on Roy's life. And Penny sitting there, like a fucking um, armchair fucking gobshite. I reckon it's about time they stop talking and charge someone, anyone, just fit them up. I just want a <laughs> conviction. Get on with my life. So, yeah, she's in char- She's all in favour of some kind of um, stitch up for someone, a miscarriage of justice. Well, Penny, you know Roy is completely relaxed about who attempted to murder him. Have you yeah. noticed out the since yeah. he came out of the coma, it's just not he just couldn't give a flying fuck. That's the way it did. Who, who was it? Who knows? It is what it is. Someone shot me in the head, and now I'm better. So thing, let's just crack on. The question is, Penny, right? Are they going to try it again? I fucking doubt it. I very much <laughs> fucking doubt it because they're on the run now, so they're not going to do it again. So I'm. I'm I'm in the clear. I'm safe. Because she sat there in front of the box, really fretting about it, and he's just lay on his front playing a board game with his two yeah. children. Dad, you roll the dice now, Dad. <laughs> yeah, all right, all right. <laughs> right, they're playing a game, and he's just totally relaxing. Like, Roy, they're talking on the TV about who attempted to murder you again. Oh, fucking are they? Get switch it off. Nobody cares. <laughs> oh, who was it? Could have been. Pen, for all I know, it could have been you. Oh, Roy, how could you say that? Well, we just don't know. And you know what? We don't care. If it were you, I understand. It can get, you know, being a stay-at-home mum, I'm out living the good life, you know, running the football club, I'm down the feathers of blackie. Yeah, it gets boring. It gets depressing. One night, maybe you've had a glass too many, you've decided you got hold of a gun and you've decided to come to my office and shoot me in the head. Do you know what? Marriages have their ups and downs, Pen. It I don't mean, that time, matter. That, that time you ran off to Crete. You know, I hadn't been a good man or a good husband then. So it's been piling up. I don't blame you. And there were there were warning signs there. Some people did what Blackie tried to warn me. He said, I remember him saying, he said, it's a slippery slump, Roy. You know, now she's running off to Crete. But next thing she might be trying to shoot you dead. The thing is, As- they get emboldened. By everything they do. She's realised she can run away to Crete all by herself, even though she's a girl. And they're, they're constantly tested. 
They're constantly testing boundaries, right? <laughs> They're like children. You have to discipline them very firmly. Oh, God, no. Calm down, Blackie. Uh, She's not... No, Blackie, Blackie, no one's shooting anyone. Well, I hope they don't, Roy. I sincerely hope you're right. Because if you do get shot, Roy, I don't know what I'd ever do without you. <laughs> Calm down, Blackie. She went so to Crete. That's all she did. She's back now. So there we've got the next frame. Um, they're still watching the telly. Um, and uh, we see footage of Elton Blake. And it says, Elton Blake, the former star of the television series about the Rovers, uh, arrived at Melchester Police Station today. And Roy, st- you know, stares at the TV quizzically and uh, offers up his, his assessment. Uh, it can't be Blake, Penny. I mean, he'd hardly give himself up if he was the culprit. Good point. And then we, we see the TV again. It's a close-up of Elton Blake turning to the cameras, furious. says, the actor's voice shook with fury. If you think I'm the kind of person who goes around shooting football managers and trying to run people down on motorbikes, you must be crazy. <laughs> really pompous actor. Yeah. Penny then looks at Roy. She looks quite hot there. Really She's hot. She's been serious, yeah. She looks really sultry. Yeah. And her makeup is amazing. It's almost like a bit of a soft focus thing going on there. Yeah. He's, he's rubbed a bit of uh, Vaseline on the on the page. Um, who do you think tried to kill you, Roy? <laughs> Roy says, I'm putting my money on Trevor Brinsden. <laughs> In fact, I have had a bit of a bet on it, if I'm honest. <laughs> Well, William Hill have been ruining the box since the fucking day it happened. I didn't place it myself. I've sent Blackie down to put it on it. Right, but, um, yeah, I've had a little bet. I've had an each-way bet. I've had a bet on, on Brinson on the nose, right? <laughs> and I've had an each-way on Blake. <laughs> <laughs> he says, I've put my money on Trevor Brinson. That hooligan I banned from the ground, in case she wasn't sure. Uh, I reckon been... it was him that shot me anyway <laughs> let's get back to Monopoly there hasn't been a sign of him since the shooting uh, he says so it looks as if he skipped town and an innocent man wouldn't need to hide would he and then we see that poster have you seen this man of Trevor Brinson it just says have you seen this man and there's a picture of Trevor Brinson there's no information there's no phone number to call I it's know, just, it's really weird. It's almost it's like, like an art installation. It's almost like it is, isn't sort it? Yeah. of a, an early Banksy type yeah. thing. It is. And kind then the picture is it's posted to a wall and across the road uh, a, a, a terraced row of three-storey houses. Maybe these are the Melchester slums or tenements. They look like it, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. Uh, but it says, but Brinsden wasn't far away. Fucking hell. Look and at there's fucking madhouse of a bedroom. Probably in one of these slums. Yeah. Actually. Oh, yeah. Um, and he sat there and his, there's posters of Roy all over the wall. And he's put a big cross through each one of them. <laughs> cross, sat- cross, cross. <laughs> die, die, die. And he's uh, he's sitting there in a nice red armchair next to his bed in his bedsit, and he's looking at something, and it's a map, and he says, "That's it. That's where I'll get in." And it says, "By now, even his closest friends would have had difficulty in recognizing him." 
And yeah, Winston's grown his hair. He's grown a little bit of a shitty fucking pube beard. And he's just stopped wearing a hat and a waistcoat. But other than that, I think I I don't think it's an incredible disguise. (laughs) It's not really, but I don't recognise him as Trevor Brinsden at a glance. He looks more like uh, what's his name, R.T. Mekif. Yeah. And he's thinking he's got a he's got a, sch- a schematic diagram is that what it's called of the uh, yeah Manchester Mel Park yeah and he says not a bad sketch of it all looks good with all the stuff about Melchester I've collected over the years whatever's happened I'm still Rover's greatest fan he's gone for oh, fucking I... honours yeah and it says there's a the, the close up of one of the pictures on the wall which is of Roy and he's crossed out three or four times on that one and then written in big capital letters creep creep what's the worst word I can think of creep I mean my attitude is why doesn't rather than leave the posters up but put crosses through them and write mean words why doesn't he just take the posters down I mean they're only stuck up with blue tack fuck's sake well I know but he's trying to he's he's got like a mental campaign going on he's he's readying himself to get at Roy so he needs to be reminded up. of yeah. what his target is, doesn't he? Because then he says, and when you run out on Saturday, creep, I'll be there. You'll never get rid of old Trevor. Never, never, never. <gasps> Fucking hell. So Roy is all blasé about the fact that there's not going to be another attempt on his life, but fuck me, it looks like there will be. Yeah. So uh, yeah. Princeton is, uh, is in poor position to be the uh, assassin. Um, and he's shaking oh, no, his fist does, as well. It does look of bad. It's, get, it's getting quite exciting now. It's getting like a proper thriller. He's taking because it's quite scary. That it is. He's, he's shaking his fist at the picture of Roy as he as he Ooh. threatens it. Yeah, which um, is in, an intimidating thing to do. Mm, I mean, I wouldn't like someone to shake their fist at me. I mean, it might be happening. People might be shaking their fists at pictures of us that are on the internet. Yeah, or know. posters that are stuck know. to someone's wall yeah. with a cross through them. Yeah. Creeps. Oh, fucking get you. Podcast creeps. Mm. Right, someone sent us an email, um, a flounce email, didn't they, saying that they were unsubscribing, but they they didn't put their name to it and they just said something like, they accused us of being Lampards, but they weren't specific as to why. I think it was someone who we called a Lampard at some point. I'm not sure. Ah, yeah. I mean, if you're going to do a flounce email, be specific about what you're... Yeah, we'd like to know exactly why you've decided to flounce off. It don't matter that you're anonymous because... You know, whatever, do what you want, but I mean, at least don't, don't don't be vague if you're going to do a flounce email. Yeah, you know. Yeah. But uh, maybe that's his way of not but identifying it, himself. I don't know. He's probably he's probably shaking his fist at a picture of us right now. Yeah. He or she. Yeah, but we're going to miss that couple of quid each month. Mm. Um. Right. That's um. That's it from this one. How many marks out of ten are you going to give that, Sam? I'm giving that a 9.5 because mm. I found it very dramatic and I liked the bit in the gym. I'm giving it a 9. Um, no, I'm going to give it a 10. Oh. Even though there was no football action in it, it drove the story along brilliantly. It really did, yeah. It's and the I biggest leap we were, forward we've had in a few weeks. And I didn't know we were allowed to give 0.5s. Yeah, well, it's the first time I've done it and it seems to have got through, so. Yeah, okay. Well, that's why I give it a 10. Um, it says, "Don't miss what happens in next week's episode." And I'm fucking telling you this: we won't miss. Fucking no way! There's not a fucking chance. I'm tempted to look at it now, but I never do. 
No, so it's won't... nice to have a bit of surprise when we come round to recording yeah, the next one. Exactly. So that's it from this one. We'll be back with episode 76 next week. Um, thanks for listening, everyone. Take the FN tickets. See ya. See ya.